Hello, and welcome to episode 77 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. Actually, this is our last episode of kind of this season. So season two is coming to a close. We are headed off to Christmas land over here. Not really. We'll still be working, but (laughs) we just wanted to make sure that you knew that we will be taking a small break here and be back in January. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in the B2B or B2C, whether you are on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips for everyone, trends, and we hope to leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. First off, if you're new to listening, I'm Sarah, an account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I'm a creative manager in charge of photo and video content. If you have followed our last few episodes, well, actually more than the last few at this point, you know we are talking about our new digital marketing process and breaking it down into nine action-filled steps. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, here's the Cliff Note version, but do go back and listen as you're really going to get a better perspective of what each step entails. So episode 68, we made the debut of our digital marketing solution which is essentially a nine-step roadmap that when followed will lead businesses to market authority. So we did a very high-level overview of each step in the nine-step process in that. So if you really are interested in learning what the heck this process even is, go back to episode 68 and listen to that. Episode 69 and onwards, including today episodes, we broke down and are breaking down each step into what each step means and talking a little bit more in depth about each step. So episode 69, we talked about market research. Episode 70, we talked about brand story. Episode 71, we talked about the website hub. Episode 72, we talked about consistency in your social accounts. Episode 73, we talked about content and overall content and all types of content you can use for your marketing efforts. Episode 76, We talked about how you can total market exposure through different ads and go from passive to proactive. In episode 75, we talked about digital dialogue, how you can use social listening online. And episode 76, we talked about data, how to track and refine data, which brings us today to our final and last step nine. We are talking about search dominance. And we talk about how much you can become market authority in search engines. But first, some social media news before we dive into today's topic. And today we thought we'd talk about a little fun holiday news since it is the holidays and that's on everybody's mind. Alex, a local hard store, hardware store, hard store, (laughs) hardware store, it's a Monday, in Wales, made some news with a viral ad, kind of like a feel-good ad that went viral on the internet. It was basically nothing, you know, flashy or anything. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it was a video ad. Uh, I don't even know if it, they they posted it on like on an ad platform. It was just something that they shared on Twitter and on their personal or on their on their uh, business pages, and it just really it it caught momentum and sort of went viral. And it's this very simple, very kind of heartwarming Christmas story, basically about a kid that um, he works in a hardware shop. And long story short, it turns out he is kind of like his dad 
his dad, he turns into his 30 year old dad at the end who brings a Christmas tree home. And it's a, it's a very simply shot, but it's a good little like heartwarming story. And the, the important thing to take away from a marketing perspective is that it only costs um, this business a hundred dollars, a hundred pounds to make the video. And that's just speaking to, we, I think we've spoke about this recently, maybe it was last episode or the, the one previous to that. You don't have to have a huge production studio and all the nicest equipment to make uh, things that uh, content that really resonates with people. And this is an example of how, you know, a hundred pounds beat out the multi-million dollar budgets of other hardware businesses that operate in, in Europe. And the, the, uh, the video alone on Twitter has 604,000 views. Wow. And that, that's just off of organic reach as well. So Yeah, that's amazing. I think that goes to show that there is a huge trend right now in authentic content that isn't all snazzy and that type of thing. It's just authentic. It's meaningful. And like you said, this didn't cost a lot of money, but look at the organic that it's getting and the attention that this hardware is getting. And I think, store. I think what, what <laughs> does make this ad stand out as well is that you, you can feel that it was made by people who care about the business. Yeah. Which is probably the thing that is most important to take away from this ad. Um, you know, you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on an ad or something like that, but it's sometimes if it feels overproduced or it feels like it's overthought, yeah. you know, it, does that make sense? No. Yeah. I think there's a difference between maybe a big corporation that maybe is using a sales executive versus the customer in their ad. You're going to get a much better feel from the customer's perspective than from the sales guy's perspective because they are Very paid true. to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So again, just, you know, something to keep in mind, especially as we head into the holidays, that obviously you want to keep it authentic, but any type of, you know, story that's heartwarming or anything like that, it really goes over well this time of year. <laughs> and Ashley, Google Maps is... Again, looking to serve us with more, some more relevant information, but this time with a guide to holiday lights, I love this idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so a third party um, developer company found some code in a new um, beta version that they're working on for Google Maps. Um, it says they found strings within Google Maps showing that Google is working on a um, like a lighting feature. So I guess the use case here would be to help um, users navigate through unfamiliar areas through well-lit sidewalks and oh, things so like that. Oh, so not Christmas lights. Not I Christmas lights. I thought that was amazing that if Google could have but a layer to their maps to have holiday light guides. Wouldn't that be genius? <laughs> Maybe someday. Google, are you listening? I would like a holiday light guide on my Google Maps. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's currently, uh, there's been no execution on it no one's actually seen it in a live build they just have seen the coding in the back okay. so no one's really sure if it will actually make it uh in the the new update um but it would be interesting i th i think the issue is how they would acquire that information i think it would be kind of like tedious or they would need um like uh like the city's help or something like yeah that, so. or i mean gosh you just start hiring people to drive around just like <laughs> they did when they did the maps of all of our houses and right. stuff i mean it's not that much different than that it seems like right i think <laughs> that this would probably mostly be ex like utilized um when walking would yeah. be my guess um just to keep people safe um and, and it did mention that it would help or it would avoid unlit areas so mm -hmm. like if it was taking you somewhere right or whatever, that it would take you the most well lit route 
So dangerous cities that are very metro, this could be maybe very helpful. <laughs> it, it did say that if it gets executed, it will probably start um, in testing in India. In India. All right. I didn't know that was Fun that dangerous. Fact. I think Chicago would be more relevant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it just has to do with the location of where they're working on it. There's or... probably generally a lot more people who walk. India. Yeah, that's true. That's true yeah. as well. All right. Well, very cool. We'll definitely stay on top of that. And again, please, someone ask Google. It's about the holiday light things because (laughs) it does seem, yeah. Well, it's like those light shows. Okay, it's totally off topic, but it always seems like it's just very word of mouth. Like Mm -hmm. you talk to a friend of a friend, and they're like, "Hey, so and so has a light show," and it's like timed, and then you're like trying to figure out where it is, (laughs) and then you finally. An hour later, find a random Facebook page that the family made about their house that has a spectacular <laughs> light show. I mean, come on, people. Let's get a better light guide out there. <laughs> Anyways, so another thing I found here that um, goes back to holiday kind of news mm-hmm. is um, this wonderful article from Search Engine Journal about how to optimize your um, like SEO for ho- the holidays. It's a great article. I'm going to post it in the show notes. Just one thing that I wanted to pull out of it was um, they talked about optimizing your on-page content for holiday keywords. And I loved this because it focused on that you want to have a mix of evergreen holiday words as well as what's trending at the moment for holiday words. So that could change from season to season. So what was hot in 2018 as a holiday keyword it may not be hot right now in 2019 for a keyword. So he really kind of focuses on using both of those, both the evergreen words, the, you know, holiday, Christmas, season, all those type of things. And then maybe adding in a layer of words that are relevant to this year's holiday season. It's actually really interesting. It reminds me of one of our um, order fulfillment clients. So they do a lot around the holidays, obviously, and Um, like holiday gift sets and kidding is a big service for them. So uh, making sure that they're utilizing those keywords relative to this time of year um, to help. Well, it'd probably be before this. Hottest subscription boxes of the season. Mm -hmm. um, That's going to change year to year as well. So um, and just that whole method of what people like, you know, shoppers are fickle. So (laughs) just keep that in mind. If you have a specifically local company, local brand, local business, and you are trying to capitalize a little bit more on holiday, um, whether you're B2B or B2C, as we just um, heard from Ashley, um, this is a fulfillment company, but they can still work on making the holiday season relevant um, for them. So speaking of SEO, let's dive into this last step of our digital marketing solution, search dominance. But (laughs) before we do that, I must disclose this. This episode is not a deep dive into specific tactics that will take you to page one. (laughs) Much too short of a show for that. Organic SEO is a very vast topic and is often a very long game. Um, I remember we talked with Justin at the beginning of the season about that very topic. Mm -hmm. We'll link that show in the show notes. But organic SEO is a long game. That's why it is step nine of our digital marketing process. Because everything that we have done in steps one through eight is building up to make you better at being found in the search engines. So in this episode, we will discuss some factors that are SEO best practices and then provide some tips on how your team can use these to move your ranking number in search engine page results. 
So let's start at the beginning and just answer some basic stuff here. <laughs> what is SEO, Ashley? So SEO stands for search engine optimization, um, which is the practice of increasing quantity and quality of traffic to your website through organic search results. So that would be if someone typed in a query or like a question looking for a service um, that you would be essentially on the first, ideally on the first page of search results. And by organic, we mean this is not paid. Correct. So this is not a PPC ad. This isn't any type of ad placement money. Mm -hmm. This is using techniques to get you on page one. Correct. And that's why we say this can often be a long game. And and if you've never really like heard of SEO or super unfamiliar with what it is, basically it operates off of um, the Google algorithm. So if, if you've listened to our podcast a lot, you've You've heard us talk about this. You've heard us talk about different algorithms. Um, but so basically SEO would be like the practice of trying to like appease that algorithm in order to rank higher. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And what all goes into it is these basic three things. Your quality of traffic um, as it is explained in from Moz, which is a great um, resource. If you want to learn more about SEO, it would be Moz.com. So they broke down SEO into quality of traffic, quantity of traffic, and organic results. So these factors really play into that search engine optimization um, kind of algorithm and and everything. So quality of traffic means that track are your visitors coming to your site are the visitors you want to to come to your site. So um, the example that they give is. Um, if you're a farmer selling apples, you know, you're not going to be attracting people who are into Apple computers to your site. And Google is going to be able to kind of tell that, um, you know, it's beyond me how they do that (laughs) because that's way smarter than what I know. But they do look at that when they're evaluating the traffic that comes to your site. Mm -hmm. So, You know, also you don't want a bunch of spammy traffic coming. They know that too. So quantity of traffic. So once you have the right people clicking through, more traffic is the better. And I don't think that SEO factor is ever going to go away. That is more visitors you have to your site, the more Google thinks you're authoritative at what you do. I think it's pretty simple. I think that one's a pretty simple one. More traffic. Google thinks, hey, you have the content that people are looking for. Correct. And organic results, um, again, like we just talked about, that is traffic that you don't have to pay for. And yes, it can be disheartening to see how much more that first page is getting monetized, but there are still key placements that you can get on the first page. So it's just all not um, just doom and gloom. There are, you know, especially if, you know, you have a users that we're getting smarter too as users of the internet. This Mm-hmm. Internet's not new. We know when an ad's an ad. Um, and if not, we're just oblivious. So, <laughs> you know, like, so you're going to be able to scroll past those ads because it's clearly defined as an ad, those first few. And then, oh, you know, look farther down the page. Uh, and I think as Internet users, we're all getting a little smarter about that. So how does it all work, Alex? So basically google or any search engine that you are using so it doesn't have to be google they own the lion's share of of mm-hmm. of search engine traffic but there are others like bing and i think yahoo might qualify as a search engine as right. well right yeah i mean but we are mostly our podcast is for us listeners and us is very high google 
extremely high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what they do is they send out a crawler, um, which is a little <laughs> robot, I guess, <laughs> or a little piece of code that goes spider. out. <laughs> yeah. And it um, it goes and it basically wanders through your entire site and documents every, you know, all aspects of your website. Um, it brings back all those ones and zeros, all of that, that digital language back to the search engine to build an index. You can, if we're going to use a metaphor it's kind of like a, a library basically mm -hmm. and then google can reference that library when somebody types in a search into google and says okay this person searched this we found this information on this one website and it'll connect you with that information basically yeah i think that's a perfect breakdown of it and if you're like whoa like how do i even get this crawler on my website i mean google makes it very easy you basically go through your analytics, go into your search console, submit your sitemap. Then it gets a little more tricky from that. And I won't go into that. Um, Google allots a certain crawl budget <laughs> for each site. So it's starting to get a little more technical already here. And um, that is just why we recommend to our clients to always have kind of fresh, long form content going up on their site. Because the more you can kind of get on that allotted crawl budget from Google, the more your site is going to be crawled. Because let's think, I mean, they don't have so many sites out there in the world. Obviously, they aren't sending these little crawlers out to every site every day. So the more you can increase this crawl budget, and again, this is very technical. Maybe we'll talk about this in depth next season. Um, the better off that your site is going to get in those rankings. So whew, now that we know about all that, some technical, some just basic information, let's talk about best practices for any site that wants to become a market authority. So to do that, first, you got to go back to the beginning. You must build an SEO friendly site. So Ashley, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So if you want your site to um, be ranked higher, obviously you would need to build a site that is SEO friendly, going back to appeasing that algorithm, right? Um, so a few ways to do that is making sure that your URLs are SEO friendly, um, which I understand to be have like some kind of keyword in the URL um, that you are going after. So um, a lot of these items that I'm about to mention have to do with keywords that you want to rank for, um, which we have an, a whole episode on. So we will link um, that in the show notes right. as well. So example of a URL that's friendly might be um, your website name forward slash top subscription boxes for the holiday season versus exactly. your website forward slash blog slash number 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 five six seven three two five that's a great example yeah no one's gonna rank for t five six three seven five yes and so, i can't believe i just knew that number right there <laughs> so making sure your urls are seo friendly which you can do through um the back end of your website You'll also want to avoid duplicate content. So making sure like you don't have two of the same blogs or very similar blogs. That is a no-no on, on Google's. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, and this doesn't count your header or footer. Those can be the same on every page. They're not looking at that. Right. This is the content that's within the page. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, next would be compatible for all devices. Here we are again. Mm -hmm. Making sure your website is mobile friendly. <laughs> um, especially with the increase in use on mobile if your website is not uh like accessible on 
like a mobile device, you'll have a higher bounce rate. Google will knock you for it. Just make sure your website's mobile friendly. Yes. It's a very easy box to check. Um, internal links. So this would be like the practice of adding um, links to pa other pages on your website within blog articles, which is um, pretty simple. Um, so for example, if you're talking about I'm going back to subscription yeah. box example. Say, say we have our top 100 subscription boxes for holiday season. And in there, you link to other pages. So, for example, this fulfillment client, we would link to their like subscription fulfillment service when we're talking about filling subscription. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah. linking Past to blog articles that maybe have to do with the holiday season as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check this out next. So right. by linking to other pages and kind of pushing that behavior flow throughout your website, that is something that Google would encourage. Yes. And that's important as well for the for the robots, for the yeah. for the crawlers as well, right? Because yeah. the, the links are they're kind of bridges to get to other pages mm -hmm. on your site. And that's how the crawler gets there as well. Exactly. If there's no bridge to it, it can't get there. Right. And we'll talk more Perfect. about that later in this podcast episode. Um, next would be to optimize images. So making sure you're adding um, like keyword related names that are relevant to the picture. Don't <laughs> before you upload the picture yes. into your website, do that because image slash four, five, six isn't going to rank isn't going to rank <laughs> versus kidding fulfillment holiday. There you go. <laughs> um, and then that kind of leads us to this. Do not keyword stuff. Don't just like throw the keywords you want to rank all over your page willy nilly that don't make any sense at all. Yeah. Kidding, 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 kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go over well. No. But and, do and use Google topic will... clusters. If there's other words for kidding, sprinkle that in because again, yes. that's going to give the crawler. Oh, by kidding. They also mean what's it? Fulfillment. Yeah. They also mean box or whatever. Yeah. Those um, so that's a great example. And then finally, making sure you do have page structure. So um, your page name could be home, um, then your business name, and then, you know, your tagline or keywords that are relevant to the page. Right. Um, making sure that you have a very clear and defined structure throughout your entire website. That obviously helps Google as well. Exactly. As well as on page as well. Don't mm -hmm. make everything on your page all H1s. Divide it up. You know, you have one main point that maybe is um, the title of the page. Make that your H1, which then it signifies, oh, that's very important. That's what this page is about. Then as you go down the page, that becomes lesser information that's still important, but not as important as the first one that you already labeled as number one important. Your H2 header is going to be a little less important, but still tell you more about it, as well as this also is user-friendly as well. So they're kind of a double-edged sword there. So, and if nothing else, we're big fans of WordPress here. Just use the Yoast SEO plugin because that is just going to solve a lot of headaches for you because it's kind of going to tell you, well, you're missing this, you're missing that, you made your content too short, you didn't, you know, include your your keyword phrase in the first paragraph to let Google know that that was important. You know, that's going to, it's not a be all to say all, but it is a nice little fail safe if you know nothing about SEO. <laughs> so our second one here. So our first one was build an SEO friendly site. And then after we built it, you want to make sure that your content and related markup are correct. This is starting to get a little more technical. And even here at 21 Handshake, this is why we do rely on our development team 
to know their stuff and to know more of this back end technical like coding because that all matters. Um, again, it goes back to that crawler. They're crawling code. <laughs> they're not actually, you know, putting, you know, nowadays they're probably putting that together with words. But again, um, just like maybe a resource library, like you described it. Um, what is that? The Dewey Decimal System? Who knows that except for a librarian? Right. Well, <laughs> your, your crawler knows the Dewey Decimal System, just like if you were to go to the library. <laughs> so they are very good at that. Um, so a few tips here to make sure that your content and related markup are correct. Your content must supply a demand and must be linkable. So definitely um, it must be talking about the items that are relevant to your site. It must be meeting the searcher's intent that they're searching for. And then other people must find it linkable that they either want to share it out. They maybe want to add it on their site because it's an authoritative article. And then that's going to be great SEO as well, because now they're pointing back to your site and signaling, wow, hey, Google, we found this important as well. Um, good content. Again, we just kind of mentioned about some tags. It must have a title tag. Um, Ashley had mentioned about the keyword. So a good page name has a primary keyword, a secondary keyword, and then maybe the brand name. Um, you know, different title links are important. Usually Google will display the first 50 to 60 characters of the title tag. So don't make it too long because it's right. going to get cut off. Um, so you want to make sure that, you know, especially if you're really trying to get, um, go back to our kidding, our fulfillment service, you know, like kidding for the holidays slash name a company. Um, so, you know, make sure that all that important information is there. Must have a reflective URL. We talked about that already. Make sure that that keyword is reflective in the URL. Make sure that it's not just some random numbers and letters. That's not good. They will know nothing about what <laughs> your website is about. Um, and, you know, it has the images. It actually touched on this a little bit before. It has... Um, when you upload an image, there's often places, not only should you upload, make sure the title of your image is correct, but go through and fill all those boxes. It takes you two seconds to do. You want to fulfill the alt text on the image. You want to put an, an image description in. You want to make sure all of these are filled out because that's how your image will get read. And if you want to learn more, we'll, we'll link the article from Moz all about on-page factors that matter to the Google crawl and search engine. So if that wasn't technical enough, this next one will be as we move on to our third one and talk about some robots and what that means for your site for on-site topics. So this is technical, but I'm going to try and keep it as simple as I possibly <laughs> Again, can. Again, this here. is why we have a development team that we work with because we're more front-end. Some of this gets a little more back-end technical SEO. For mm -hmm. sure. So we're going to talk about robots.txt and those files. So we talked about how uh, pages on your site get found via crawlers and then use links to find other pages on your site and basically just document everything every, what, yeah. what, everything you got out there. What a robot.txt file does is basically block or tell crawlers to not go to certain places. And the use cases for that are uh, important for a few different reasons. One, you can keep it from going to a private page something that you don't want people seeing. Mm -hmm. Now, don't use, it's a common practice to, don't use a robot.txt file to keep 
people from going to a certain page because there are other ways to get there. Um, like don't use it as a privacy tool. But um, if there's a page like a landing page or something that you don't want people to specifically find via search, something like that, um, you can use a robot.txt file to block access to that. Right. Um, you can use it to uh, prevent duplicate content from appearing uh, in SERPs uh, or for your search engine ranking positions uh, referred to as SERPs uh, frequently. Um, you can specify a crawl delay in order to prevent your servers from being overloaded when crawlers load multiple pieces of content at once. Um, and it's, it's essentially, it's it's a very um, technical file, but it's it's basically telling crawlers where they can and can't go on your yeah. website. Definitely. And, um, you know, this won't be applicable probably to a lot of the listeners here, but I think it's worth mentioning that um, if you offer any type of paid content, sponsored content on your site, there are a lot of rules with that and no follows. So if that is something you are thinking about doing on your site, um, definitely look up the rules on that. And we can put some resources in our show notes for that um, because there are some mandates from Google itself on that. So again, just have your developer on speed dial or your agency team, <coughs> us, and we can help you figure out these more technical aspects. So another part of SEO that you probably have heard of that is often misunderstood is link building. And Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about link building? And I mean, I know sometimes it gets a bad rap, but it's really important and I think it goes without saying that we only practice white hat link building here at 21 <laughs> Handshake. <laughs> um, yeah. So like we've mentioned earlier, part of the Google, I guess, like algorithm um, that they're looking for is links to your page on other credible sites. Yes. I think is the, the most simple way I can think <laughs> yeah. to, to put it. Um, link building is the process of acquiring other hyperlinks from other websites to your own. Yeah. Um, and it's important to help with uh, the crawlers discover new web pages, but also to help your page rank better. Um, so the better quality the link to your website that pushes people to your website, the more it will help your SEO ranking. So uh, when Sarah talks about, you know, white hat practices, there's um, a lot of companies out there sending their links to other companies, essentially trying to pitch why they should yeah. put this link on their website. Um, it's a very like common practice. Most SEO companies will tell you that it's the hardest part of their job, mm -hmm. um, but it, it helps a lot with their website um, SEO. So um, there's a lot of companies out there who do like sketchy stuff yeah. with their links that's we why we, that black when hat. we talk about yeah. it yeah black hat so when we say white hat that's what we mean is we try to do the, um, the best practice that we can so um it, it's an important part of seo it's a powerful part of seo it's one of the hardest parts of seo right um but something to know um and understand for sure right um we have a dedicated member of our team who this is what they do as part of their ongoing efforts for our clients they um they enjoy it some people you know are just that mind they like going out and figuring out um how to get good quality links. Mm -hmm. And before you despair, there are a few simple things that you can do to do this. Um, and I'll link this longer article in the show notes. But 
Longtail Pro had some great, just like simple ideas that we often use here at 21 Handshake. You submit to high sought after publications. Now, before you think like, what? Like, how do I get something on Forbes, our business, our Inc? A great resource that we have found, and it's completely free. It's called Help a Reporter Out, where reporters are actually going on this site and submitting information that they're looking for. Um, this time of year, I often see ones for like, what are the best marketing practices for 2020? Submit mm -hmm. it for this article. They have to list out their publications. Sometimes they'll be anonymous, um, but sometimes you can get some really good ones there. And then what does it hurt to take five seconds, submit the information, and you may get a high quality link by a mention to your company. Another one, create a linkable asset. If you know that you have the best, we'll go back to our, our fulfillment company, you're the best fulfillment company out there. Talk about this. Make the guide to being the best fulfillment company or why we're the best fulfillment company and just start listing, you know, just make this blog post so detailed that people can't help but think that you're the most authoritative person out there and therefore you have created a link of asset. Social media shares as well. This is why it's important to share that content on your website over to social because then it's going to get even more shared around. And even if you're not even sure, you know, we'd call this dark social, like where it's being shared. Say someone shares a link to your site in Messenger. Well, there's bots that are scanning that and they'll figure it all out. Um, build some online relationships. Think, um, you know, if there's some relevant groups, Facebook groups, in for your specific business, go join them and start sharing your content in a helpful way um, and answering people's questions. Again, that's going to be another signifying, oh, some more people are coming over from social and this and that. Okay, this is a pretty good post and therefore it's going to kind of propel you higher up in the search engine. Give and get testimonials, another easy thing. Um, and I think this is a step we forget a little bit. We get that testimonial, but then we forget maybe to tell the person, oh, we use this testimonial here. Well, tell them. <laughs> They're probably going to share it out to their network. So another reason to both give and get testimonials. And then another one um, that I think kind of, you know, we forget in this day and age, there's a ton of website directories out there and business listing sites. Submit your site to those. Um, we have an HVAC client who is great at this and it's on the daily that I'm usually getting Google alerts that their site is being submitted to yet another website directory. It works, people. Google is <laughs> obviously indexing that because they are sending me a trend report or an alert report on that. So those are some simple ways. Um, you know, search engine algorithm, algorithms, they change so frequently. Um, in SEO tactics, they evolve in response to those changes. So here's a little caveat. If someone is offering you SEO advice that doesn't quite feel right, it's best to check in with some experts because this does change so often. And, you know, if you're getting an email from, I don't know, Billy Bob in India and they're promising you that they can get you to page one and it just feels a little spammy, Kind of put your red flags is. up because it <laughs> probably is. <laughs> so we would love to help you with this. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, this episode was not the deepest dive into it. You know, we talked about some uh, some back end stuff, some more technical stuff. We also talked about some easy ways 
But if just the thought of SEO kind of leaves you with that emoji where like the brain is just kind of exploding <laughs> then reach out to us we would love to help you in fact that is why we we created this nine-step process we love to help businesses gain more traction online with seo optimized content to improve their rankings that is why we also have a free webinar consider this our holiday christmas gift to you because this webinar goes over all nine steps and includes bonus content for each step that you can put into action right away. So if you're like, uh, brand story, well, we have a tip for that. If you're like, uh, I don't know what social consistency, uh, we've got a little tip for that in the webinar. Go listen to it. It's really great. Take some time over the holidays to do that. It is at bit.ly forward slash 21 handshake nine step. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash two one handshake nine step all lowercase letters we will link to it in our show notes so visit those at 21 handshake.com so did you like this episode yes of course you did then please like subscribe leave us a review and share it with a friend that would be your holiday gift to us thank you so much it really helps get the word out about our show until next time and next year we'll see you in 2020